Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Over these, uh, these weeks, we're thinking about uh, a sermon series, thinking about, uh, enti- uh, entitled Entrusted. Entrusted. Thinking about all the things that God has entrusted to us, that God has given into our care, to given to us for our responsibility uh, to, 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 uh, to use. And to use not just for ourselves, but to use uh, for the benefit of others. So that we might give glory to God. That we have been entrusted with every good and perfect gift. To be a blessing to someone else. And that the foundation of this blessing, the foundation for all of that has been entrusted to us, we talked about last week, is about the most important thing that we have been entrusted. And the most important thing entrusted to us is that gift of the gospel. uh, The gift of a life with God. And that has been entrusted to you. To each one of us. And it is from this gift, the gift of the gospel, that from this generosity of God, that God is so generous that he'd be so willing to come and live with us and to come and be one of us. It's from that gift that comes out every other a good gift to someone else. And as we can begin to see this and begin to understand this, then we can live out the generosity of God. The generosity of God, we might say it this way, the generosity of God is what is, makes us righteous. It's what makes us righteous. It makes us uh, have a, a, the right relationship with God. It's because God is so generous to us that we can have a life with him. And the promise of, of God is that as we live under him, we can rest in him. So the question we might ask is, are we rightly related to other things, the things that God has entrusted to us? And so today, let's think about that God has entrusted to us money, money. And I know probably, let's say, 82% are thinking right now, he's going to ask for money. (laughs) And the other 18% are saying he's going to ask for more money, maybe, (laughs) right? You know, that's, that's often what we think about. When we hear about stewardship kind of stuff, we think, oh, it's all about money. That's all the church cares about. It's just about money, 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 money. And uh, I already give enough. I already give all that I can. What, what else do you want from me? This is not about shame. This is not about guilt. It's not about guilt or shame. Because see, all, the shame and the guilt that we have, whatever it might be, has already been dealt with us generously for us by God on the cross of Jesus Christ. So in this, there is no more shame. There's no guilt about any of this. What we want to think about is, is more about how do we move into having a kingdom view of all that God has given to us. Remembering that God has given himself away and that God loves to give out his blessings and that God has made us to be his imitator and that we are more and more like him the more and more that we are with him. So even our finances would reflect this. Here's the thing about generosity. About generosity. Is you don't need to be told to be generous. Okay, I don't think we really ever need to tell anyone that. And you say, okay, if I don't need to be told that, why are we talking about it? <laughs> the reason why I think, first, why we don't need to be told to be generous is because that is who God has made you to be. God has made you to be generous. Because everyone is made in the image of God, and God is a generous God, and so you are made in the image of a generous God. You are made to be generous, okay? 
made to be generous, made to be self-giving. We are already made to be that way. Already made in, uh, to be generous, to be ones that do great things. And the, the thing that keeps us from that and holds us back from that is that there is this thing called the devil. There is this thing called evil that is in the world that is in our own sinful heart that hardens our heart to the generosity of God. And there's all kinds of things in the world and systems in the world of economic inequality that can harden our heart to this. But deep down, we want to give because God has made you to be that way. And I think you can see this idea of generosity so clearly uh, in just what happened this last week on Halloween. I think Halloween is an example of generosity. And it's not just generosity about uh, what house gives the full-size candy bar. I mean, I don't know who does that. That's crazy, right? (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. I want to see generosity is in a child. What are the children, a lot of children, what do they dress up as? They dress up like, at least what I saw, what my kids dressed up like, was like the heroes, the the superheroes, the the ones that are, uh, you know, being powerful kind of things, to do good things. They want to be a superhero. They dress up like Spider-Man and all these things. Not because they want to, you know, have a lot of money and go shopping and hoard for themselves. We, we dress up like our superhero because we want to do what? We want to save the day. We want to be the one that goes and rescues people and, and, and gives of ourselves to others. Maybe you have this even now. You're not dressing up like a superhero. But maybe you just kind of have these daydreams of time to time. Of what would it be like if there was a building on fire? Would, would I be the one to run in and rescue that baby? Right? Would I be willing to be the one that goes and gives of myself for someone else? I think we all have these kind of thoughts about how do we be generous for others, to give of ourself. And we are that way. Right? We're that way. And, and, and the reason why that is so powerful for us is because so much of our day-to-day life is not like that. At least I know of my own day-to-day life, so much of it seems kind of just kind of ho-hum and not much meaning to it, um, but it could have so much more, so much more. And I think we dream that way because we're made in the image of a God who is that way, who gave himself for us. And so we long to do that as well. Generosity is really a tricky subject because it's so often it just kind of relates to how we think about how much am I giving? And so then I can judge myself I'm more generous than this person because look how much more I put into the plate and look how much more I have given to someone else. But God's view of generosity is, is a little different. Or maybe it's a lot different than that. It's about learning to, to be to have this self-sacrificial kind of love where we do not, what we do, uh, we don't do it just to get attention from other people or so that they might do something back for me and we have this kind of reciprocal kind of relationship. We have this kind of generosity because we are living in a community of generosity. And it flows out then of our hearts in kind of second nature kind of ways with surprising acts that bless others. 
Maybe we'll just, we have, I think, even this a little, we'll just kind of a little aside here, a, a little object lesson of generosity this morning as we began our worship. So Ayla, right? So Ayla, gen, I think generous. Once, this first time to be a acolyte, so we'll embarrass you just for a moment. All right? Generous, right? To say, I want to do this. I want to, want to give and do that. And then having a little trouble with it. First time, will we do anything? I think the first time we do anything, I have always trouble. I still have trouble now <laughs> doing what I'm doing. All right, and then Solana comes. It's generous. Generous. I'm going to be willing to, to be a little awkward too and to give up my own little space and, and feeling of, of comfort so I can be generous to someone else, right? I mean, that's generosity. See, that's what we're talking about when I say generosity is how do we open up ourselves for someone else, right? Someone else. See, the, king, the, 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 the idea of having the kingdom first in our life is that we're not feeling guilty and that we're not feeling about this shame that I, I, oh, I have to put more things on and do more stuff, or that I gotta feel guilty and shameful that I have more things than someone else. The, the, the reality is that living in America, you have more stuff and you have more blessings than anyone else in really all of human history. Uh, we were just thinking just before worship about just kind of healthcare. I mean, where else in the world can you? Uh, you know, all of human history have had medication that you could just have that, oh, it'll clear that little thing up, no problem. You know, just those kind of things, clean water. I mean, those, these are all uh, blessings that come to us that, that people don't have. But it's not that we should feel guilty for it, right? We can't change that. We can't change of where we are. But what we can do is to never take anything for granted, never to take the blessings for granted, and then to submit it all to the Lord. Submit it all to him. Let the Lord guide you and let him direct you. And once you submit everything, including then our finance to the Lord, we listen to him, we obey him, and then just let it be. Just let ever, whatever that decision that you come up with, just let that be. We think about the story of Zacchaeus. Right? Zacchaeus, you know, great, right? the story of Zacchaeus. Maybe we need to learn Work on singing? Okay, we'll, we'll add that to your field work. Uh, um, okay, that's great. Uh, but, you know, I think that song, that's whenever I think about Zacchaeus, that's what I think about is that song. How many of us, that's what we think about? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And that's all I ever thought was, oh, Zacchaeus is a wee little man. God loves wee little people. God loves me as a little kid. And I was always a wee little person, all right? So, all right? Um, and so, I thought, oh, God loves me. But see, I think the story of Zacchaeus is really a story about generosity. About generosity. And it's not that Zacchaeus was generous uh, at the core of it. Right? It's not that, oh, look how great Zacchaeus was. He gave all his money, all this money away, and he paid back four times of what he had stolen. Okay? All right? It's not that. The generosity, as you point out, the generosity here is that Jesus came to be with Zacchaeus. That was the generosity, that, that Jesus would come to be with Zacchaeus even though Zacchaeus was a horrible sinner. You know, blatant, just out right in front of everyone. Jesus was generous that he would come to his house. And that Jesus was generous because Jesus wanted a relationship with Zacchaeus. Jesus doesn't shame him for having wealth. He doesn't say, you know, you're, you're some horrible person because of all of this. Amazingly, Jesus doesn't even call him out on the way that he got his wealth. What does he do? 
Jesus simply invites Zacchaeus into a relationship with him, into a new life with God, and then encourages him then to put his hope not in the stuff that he's accumulated, but to put hope in a life with God. And she's, okay, how do we get there? I do want to be generous. I really do. I know I'm made to be generous. <laughs> and so how do we get there? You know, the first thing is just simply pray to the, the Spirit of God to deepen our commitment to his work and to his kingdom. All of this, we need the Spirit's help. Uh, we cannot, by our own reason or strength, do any of these things. By our own power, we cannot really get there. And so we first we pray for the Spirit to guide us in this and to let him direct us into how we are to live it out. The important thing, you see, is not where we are right now, but the steps that we're taking. And so it's not that we're comparing ourselves. You know, generosity is not an issue of comparison. It's about being just personally intentional about it and not to give up, not to give up. And so today, if you give nothing away, okay, there's no, I'm not shaming you. There's no guilt. But if today you say, I give nothing, okay, well, I'm going to take one step. What can I give? What can I give? Something small. Doesn't be a big, grand gesture. In fact, big, grand gestures are just that. They're gestures. <laughs> They're not a life. They're just a gesture. It's not a life of generosity. So wherever you are, just start. Just start. Be intentional about it. And think about the things that you're passionate about. What's God putting that passion in your life that you care about? And so if you're passionate about the environment, support Greenpeace. Great, go do that. If you're passionate about pro-life issues, give to Lutherans for Life and support them and help them in their work. That's great. If you are passionate about human trafficking, there's a, you know, I'll tell you one. There's a, it's called International Justice Mission. It's a great organization to be part of. If you care about, you know, let's say, clean water to be accessed for all people, there's one called uh, Water International. Great organizations. That, that these are the things that you might be passionate about. And if you are passionate about sharing the gospel from our neighborhoods out into the nations, I would hope that you would find Timothy to be a mission that is worthy of your passion and of your generosity. And then as we, the next thing we might do is to, to get support with us, to people behind us. So if you're married, get your spouse involved in this and talk about it. Not just to assume that we are agree on things and we're just kind of going to go along, but to talk about it. What, where are we going? If you have kids, I invite you to get your kids involved in it. Talk to your kids. What do you think? What are the things that they care about? How do they would see themselves and, and the family of being generous? You, you might be surprised of the generosity of your children. Uh, that they might actually share that gold coin or the chocolate coin today with someone else. You might find that your kids can very perceptive of the needs that you have. They know when you're hurting and when you have pain and that the, the how they want to care for you when you need a little extra care on a night that you're not feeling so well. So invite your children into this. One, so that you can see their generosity, but also that they can learn how to open themselves up uh, and to live that life of, of God, of generosity. 
And finally, be open to the Spirit to break into your life, to do something maybe new and radical for you. Not necessarily some big grand gesture, right? But just to do something that's kind of radical for you. Calling you to step out into some place that might not be at first so comfortable. But remember that in generosity, generosity is a thing that has echoes into eternity. God created you in a way that you would be one who desires generosity because you're made in his image. Constantly he pours himself out for others. But at the same time, we live in this world that is characterized by selfishness. And why is that? Well, simply is that there are these two worlds. There's, there's the world of God and there's the world of our sinfulness. And they fight against each other. Yet the more that we set our mind on the kingdom of God, the more that generosity then as second nature flows out of our lives. And then the more that we focus on the world into which we are born, it's the more that generosity gets stifled. And so our problem is not that I need to tell you to be more generous, because you want to be. I know you do. You tell me you do. And I know you are because that's just who you are. It's who God made us to be. But the question is just, where is our heart? Where is our heart and our mindset? The prophet Isaiah, he had the same kind of issue. When he starts out, the problem that he talks about right off the bat is about generosity. When he he calls out the people of Gomorrah, he says that, you know, God's had enough of their burnt offerings and of their rams and of their fat and their well-fed beasts. He says, bring me no more of your offerings. I'm done with all of it. Gomorrah, we think of Gomorrah normally as Sodom and Gomorrah. We think, oh, what's wrong with them is they were sexually perverse. That's kind of normally what we kind of think about them. But the thing is that, that God always calls them out on, it's not about that. God always calls them out because they were just not generous. They were not generous. He judges them on their heart. Their heart. He says, outwardly, they did the right thing. Outwardly, they did all the right uh, sacrifices. Outwardly, they did all the right offerings. But their heart was not generous. See, generosity is not simply how much money you give. Right? It's simply not just the offering that we put in the plate. It's more than just that. Because there are, really, there are ungodly ways even to give. Generosity flows from a much deeper well than just simply how much we give. Jesus gives us a model. He gives a model of generosity. He points to a, a widow who puts in a penny into the plate, right? But that little penny was all that she had, all that she had. He says that's the model of generosity is that we put ourselves to God. So I'm living in this kind of love, a love that is other-oriented, a love that is a decision that we make, a choice that you make. It's not reactive. It's it's a proactive. Giving is about learning to go against the way of the world. It's about learning to let go of control. <laughs> That's hard. We like that. I like, I like to have control. That's hard to let that go and give that control up to someone else. But to do it, we give up that control so that we can come into a community of love, a community that is really willing to sacrifice one for another. Uh, today we're, we're going to have uh, an opportunity for someone else, uh, for Greg to come up and to give uh, his, his testimony, we'll call it, 
uh, his story about how through the ministry of Timothy, he, uh, he has come to grow in community with uh, each other, with one another, and being willing to uh, be generous and sacrifice for each other. Uh, and how uh, growing in their generosity, uh, have found that in the ministry of Timothy, have found Timothy is to be something that is worth being passionate about and worthy of generosity. Amen. And so we'll invite uh, Greg up uh, today. Uh, good morning. Uh, thank you, Pastor Dinger, for this opportunity. Uh, as you alluded to, thank you for scheduling me for the easiest Sunday of the church year to be here at 8 o'clock on time. We still barely made it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, our family joined Timothy about six years ago, shortly after my wife started teaching uh, second grade at Word of Life. Uh, our previous congregation where I, was where I had grown up going to church and where we had become very active, developed many good friendships. Um, but we decided it was more important to be here, to be connected and united with a single community. Word of Life would be where our kids would go to school. The association churches which support Word of Life would be our new community, and Timothy would be our new church home. Uh, while it was difficult and sad for us to leave our friends and comfortable routine we had been accustomed to, Timothy was an easy place to call home. Uh, it wasn't the same size or demographic we were used to. It wasn't the same worship style or have the same programs. But because of two things, it still felt like home. The same message was being preached from the pulpit, that the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. And the mindset of the congregation was that this message is for everyone. Uh, while there are certainly unique things we love about Timothy, being multi-ethnic, uh, located in the city, having a comfort dog, having a Christmas Winox market, all of those things, and many others, um, it's, it's because of uh, confessing the same creeds, hearing the same gospel, um, that through, through the same lens of, of our Lutheran faith uh, that I grew up with, that I wish to teach my children, um, that I love this, this place. Uh, when describing my faith, I like to use a simple phrase uh, or, or words, loved and sent. Uh, I, I can't take credit for this. Um, the, the phrase is actually developed by Pastor Jeff Clater in his book of the same name. Uh, he writes, you are loved more than you can imagine and sent with more purpose than you thought. This idea guides everything we do, that I am loved by God in Jesus and that I am sent to God into the world. Um, the last Sunday we worshipped at our previous congregation, they had a sending for us. Even just as lay members, we, uh, we were asked to come up to the front, and they prayed for us that we would continue to feel the love of God and that we would be used to serve him and others where we were going. Uh, you didn't know this, but it's very likely that that very Sunday you were sitting right here, unknowingly, miles away, and we were being sent to you, uh, our family, our family is sent to use our resources, as Pastor Dinger you know, alluded to in the message, um, to, to be a second grade teacher. We're, we're sent to be students. We're sent to volunteer at a fall cleanup day. We're sent to sing in a choir. Uh, if you ask my kids, they're sent to sneak donuts and run around the gym between services. Um, we're sent to serve on council. We're sent to participate in young family ministry. Uh, to be a friend, to deliver a meal, 
to comfort the grieving, to rejoice with the birth of new life. But none of these things could be done, or at least done well, if we were not first loved. And we receive that love from you. So thank you for all of the ways that you use your resources and your talents to love us. I missed Pastor Appreciation Month by a few days, but thank you, Pastor Dinger. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Thank you, Pastor Rawl, for your preaching. You know, thank you, Mark, Sarah, Laura, Becky, and, and all of our Sunday school teachers for your teaching. Uh, thank you, Jerry, for all the work you do around the building. Uh, thank you, Judith, for your wisdom and leadership on council. Uh, thank you, Abby and Ted, for your musical talents, for Anne, for leading the Young Family Ministry. These are all the ways in which we are loved by us, and we cannot thank you enough. For all of you and for all of your friendships, as we together are loved by God and sent to this place here at Timothy, thank you.